Welcome to 365 God Podcast with Pastor C. In this episode, we're going to talk from the subject of unforgotten, unforgotten. And we want to look at 2 Samuel, the fourth chapter and 2 Samuel, the ninth chapter. You're going to hear the turning of the pages of my Bible as we go through this one. I absolutely love King David. I, I love to read about King David and I love um, something that he did that just really shows heart and things that you know we need to do as we're a part of God's restoration is as God is restoring the lives of others we can have a hand in that restoration and that's what King David demonstrates to us so King David was really really close to Jonathan which was the son of Saul King Saul and just not to get too far into that we can probably talk about that in another episode but Jonathan and David were really 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 close and so we're going to see in Unforgotten something really good that he does as an example to us. So when we look at Second Samuel chapter 4 and verse 4 and we survey it, it reads as such, And Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son that was lame of his feet. He was five years old when the tidings came of Saul and Jonathan out of Zezreel. And his nurse took him up and fled. And it came to pass as she made haste to flee that he fell and became lame and his name was Mephibosheth so I want to read that verse and then I'm going to go on to talk about um, some more things as David remembers him a couple of chapters over so between chapters four and nine you don't hear about Mephibosheth anymore in between chapters four and nine it's almost as if this child is done with he is just not even talked about anymore all they talk about really here in this chapter in chapter four is that he was five years old his nurse was carrying him and he fell and now he's lame. I do want to expound upon that just a little bit and give you some insight, um, some personal insight that I've gained from this particular scripture that sometimes the people who should be nurturing us and the people who should be carrying us, sometimes they're the, those are the places where we get hurt or things happen to us, unfortunately. And so his nurse is there to care for him and his nurse is there to carry him. And isn't it strange that in the arms of the, of the caretaker, of the person that's supposed to make sure he's okay, that he falls and he suffers this lameness. Now he's lame. And so not to say that the nurse did it on purpose or to say, because obviously she was trying to flee something that, and she was trying to carry him there, but these things happen in our lives. And oftentimes we get disgusted by thinking that we're on the right track and thinking that we are on the right path and it's on the right path in life. It's in the right places in life that, you know, it's not that we were in the wrong place at the wrong time that we suffered a problem, but we were actually doing what we were supposed to do where we're was supposed to be and something happened to us have you ever experienced that feeling before in your life have you ever felt like how unfair this is and I feel forgotten about what do I do now I'm here it is I'm lame on my feet and I can't seem to get up have you ever feel like you've uh, fallen into a place where you cannot get up financially or spiritually or emotionally or physically and you just felt left for dead or you forget you you were forgotten about. So here it is what we see happen in chapter 9 is so restorative and we see the restorative power of our God, the redemptive power of our God in the entire chapter of chapter 9. It says and verse 1, and David said, is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul? 
that I may show kindness uh, for Jonathan's sake. And so David has not forgotten what his friend Jonathan did for him. Now, Jonathan is dead. Jonathan has gone on now. But yet he's saying, I want to do something for the house of Saul. Now, you got to understand, I said I would not get too far into this, but Saul was very mean to David. But Jonathan, who was Saul's son, he and David, their hearts were intertwined. They were best, best friends, right? And so now David is saying, I want to give back. I want to give back because I remember the kindness of Jonathan to me. And though Jonathan is gone and I cannot give to Jonathan, I want to show kindness for his sake. I, I, I got to do something good. You know, David really shows a good heart here because David could have been like, you know what? I'm done with that. I'm done with them because Saul was so mean to him and Saul did some things that were not right. But David still says to, you know, let me be kind to the house uh, of Saul. You know, David is also familiar with his own issues and David is also familiar with his own wrongdoings. And so he is compelled to show kindness to the house of Saul just because of the goodness of Jonathan. He did not forget. How often do we forget how kind someone was to us? Oh my gosh, I am reminded of my 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 father my father did some kind things to people when he was alive and so i cannot tell you how many times and i kid you not that people have been kind to me because of my father in the last 13 years at the time of this recording in the last 13 years uh, since my father has gone home to be with the lord and and transitioned people have been so kind to me people have done some marvelous things to me based on the kind deeds and gestures that my father showed to them and so we see this kind of thing happening right here with David as he's about to be a blessing to Mephibosheth verse 2 says and there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba and when they had called him unto David the king said unto him art thou Ziba and he said thy servant is he and the king said is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show kindness unto him you know for the sake of God and Ziba said unto the king Jonathan Jonathan has yet a son which is lame on his feet so Mephibosheth I find it interesting here that he was known by his lameness he was not known by the good thing you know he was or, or anything good about him or but he was known by the negative thing he was known by the lameness of his feet for some reason but you know what it doesn't matter how people know you it doesn't matter if they take the negative thing in your life and they know you about by that thing so what God is going to show something good to you even based on the negativity that is spoken about you and I'm not even sure here that the servant um by using this indicator of lame lameness i'm not sure that he means anything by it but isn't it amazing how the negative things tend to be the things that stick about us those are the things that seem to be you know those things that really stand out about us but nevertheless god is going to make good on his promise toward him verse 4 says and the king said unto him where is he um, isn't it amazing that God looks for us to bless us? It says here in, 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 in the king here is David, but how is it that King David can do something so kind for us and, and, and King Jesus won't do it? Of course, God supersedes every good deed that is done by anybody else out there for us, right? And it says, and the king said unto him, where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, behold, he is in the house of Maycare. Make here the son of Amiel and Lodabar. Lodabar means without a pasture. It means um, 
it's almost like a lowly place if you would um i like to put it in my mind this way it's almost like a place where you're you're living below the bar so to speak and so god searches for him the king here david king david searches for him god knows how to find us in our lowest state god knows where we are he he knows how to locate us verse 5 says then king david sent and fetched him out of the house of machir the son of amiel from lodabar So God brings him. He says, I'm coming for you and I'm coming to get you out of that low place. That's what verse five means to me. And verse six says, now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul was coming to David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said to Mephibosheth and he answered, behold, thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. Oh my God. And he bowed himself and said, Why is it that thou servant that thy servant um that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as as I am. Mephibosheth had seen himself in his own eyes as a dead dog. He only saw himself in his lowest state. How do you see yourself? How are you looking at yourself? Are you seeing yourself um, in your lowest state? Or are you seeing yourself through the eyes of God of what you can be versus what you are? So he saw himself lowly, but it took the king to show him something different. And that's what God does for us. That's what Jesus does for us. He brings us from our living below the, the bar status and he helps us to see ourselves the way that God sees us. Verse nine says, then the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertains to Saul and to all his house. So he restores him. You know, King David doesn't have to give him all these possessions. He doesn't have to give him the land back. He doesn't have to give, but he restores him and he gives him back that which has been, um, taken away. And that's what our God does. God has a way of restoring. I have another story, you know, that I do. So when my father passed away, there was land that became that we inherited from our grandparents so our grandparents um were now deceased and um so this land the the 40 acres of land was given over to my father and his siblings so my father being deceased now the three girls his three daughters are now heirs to this land and i'm the only one that's not getting any royalties off this land at the time And they tell me, you've got to do this and you've got to do this. And my sisters are getting royalties and I'm not. Well, I started to believe God for it. And so I went after it and God restored me my portion that I was not getting. Don't you know? that I could have just been out there lost. And so there was this 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 royalty check that had gone to these other people. And these other people were getting my royalties all this time. But my God restored me and he gave me back even those he he restored those amounts that were not coming to me over those years and that money began to come that royalty began to come to me and I got that which was supposed to be mine. But here's the deal is that I feel like I got it when I needed it the most. I feel like I got it when I could handle it the most. Oftentimes, it seems like our blessings are backed up and like we're not getting them in time. But God knows when we can handle them. So let that encourage somebody. In verse 10, it says, Thou therefore and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for him. 
And you know what? It, it, look at this. Um, I know I've said, and you know what, several times I'm trying to break that habit. But look at this. He told uh, King David gives the order. He tells those servants, he says, y'all are not going to take advantage of him, basically. You're going to do this work for him. Remember that he was lame on his feet, so he could not get out there. Mephibosheth could not get out there and till the land for himself. But he tells them, King David tells them, y'all are going to do this, right? It says, you're going to till the land for him, and thou shalt bring in the fruits that thy master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, thy, ser- thy master's servant, shall eat bread always at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. So there were plenty of hands on, boards, on board to be able to do the work. Then said Ziba unto the king, according to all that my lord the king hath commanded his servant, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. Not only is Mephibosheth being restored, that which was of his father's house and his grandfather, but now he's about to eat at the king's table as if he was one of the king's sons. Can you imagine this type of restoration just happening in one day, the redemptive power of God? Verse 12 says that Mephibosheth had a son whose name was um, Micah and all the servants and all that, I'm sorry, and all that dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants unto Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem for he did eat continually at the king's table and he was still lame on his feet. But being lame on his feet did not stop him from having the promise of God fulfilled in his life. So in those last couple of um, scriptures as we prepare to close this um, this episode, this particular podcast of 365 God, I want you to, uh, to really capture this where it says, And Mephibosheth was treated as one of the sons of the king. Talking about King David. Now, look at the redemptive power of the blood of Jesus on the cross. You know, we now are heirs to the promise. Jesus, look at what happened at the cross for us. We are heirs to the promise. So better than what Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth said at the table of King David. Now Jesus has invited us. He has atoned us. And now we are heirs to the promises of God. And so now the bread of heaven. Yeah, you see how we can how 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 we reap those benefits and how the redemptive power of God has restored us unto God and now we now can enjoy those benefits. So, I want to say to you that God's power is redemptive and that God will open up to you and we will have that daily bread and we will be able to see God's restoration happen in our lives like never before. This has been your 365 God podcast with Pastor C. I hope that you'll tune in in the future.